This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Hello everyone. Takaho. Selamat datang. Konnichiwa. Hola. Annyeonghaseyo. Assalamu alaikum. And Kiora. Connecting Cultures Features is a show by and for the beautiful and diverse multicultural people of Dunedin. Join me every Friday noon for Connecting Cultures Features on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, podcast on oar.org.nz. Thank you. 
To connecting cultures features on RFM. Here, everyone, welcome to Connecting Cultures Features, a show by for and about the multicultural people of Dunedin. So, I'm here with Swarupa Pramila Uni, one of the dancers for the Dunedin Arts Festival, here to talk about her culture, everything、um, on her cultural identity, and we'll also be talking about the Dunedin Arts Festival event that she'll be presenting and performing、um, this weekend. Kia ora, Swarupa. Kia ora. Thank you so much for being here today, and thank you so much for inviting me, Arina.、Mm, I have heard so many good things about you, but this is the first time I'm meeting you, and it, I feel like we've like we got along really well as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's that South Asian connection. I would say. Yeah. <laughs>、um, so let's talk about you.、Um, would you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah. So my name is Swarupa Pramila Uni, and. I am from Calicut in Kerala, which is in South India.、Um, I was、uh, brought up there,、um, um, born and brought up in Kerala, and then I moved to Dunedin in 2010、um, after my marriage. My husband work,、uh, studied studied here, and he works here, so that's how I came here. So from 2010 onwards, I've been. In Dunedin, that's like twelve years now,、mm. um, and uh, I, uh, I, I, I was a, I was working as a journalist back in India,、um, and I used to volunteer with the radio shows and you know and win TV and all that, but、uh, predominantly print newspaper and you know print media. I used to work as a editor reporter, and、uh, but、uh, if, even though I had a career, that was more like a boost to. Um, fund my dance、uh, classes and my performances and things like that. So、mm. I've been learning dance since the age of four, and、uh, I and and I'm still learning. And、uh, so I、uh, I have continued my dancing journey,、um, and I'm still continuing over here in Dunedin.、Mm. Yeah. There's so many things about you that we can talk about today. Like I'm still trying to make sure that you know everything we can cover.、Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm just happy that you're here today for us to talk about、um, you know just the things you do,、um, who you are, and、um, the people you represent as well.、Um, so let's talk about your cultural identity.、Um, you mentioned that you're from Kerala.、Mm. Um, can you share with us some like? Cultural values or practices that、um, you hold. Um, I think、uh, for me mainly it's the language,、um, because you're so far away from、uh, where you are. And I love my language, Malayalam.、Uh, I love the music. I love the、um, whole idea of monsoon and things like that.、Mm-hmm. Um, food. 
it's a huge part um maybe something that you are also familiar with mm-hmm. you know so food is a huge part of the culture um so in uh kerala when i talk about food and everything it's nothing that you get here. Uh, now we do we do get uh, some dosa here yeah. uh, so that is different but you know earlier we didn't have anything but um yeah so our food uh, my language malayalam um the music dance everything um it is um a tropical um climate i would say we have the monsoons and um humid yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh, Kerala is um a very beautiful place um of course the number of people and uh, uh, is i increasing so the pollution will also increase and there's a, there is a lot of greenery mm-hmm. around us um and you know that lush green that you see after the first rain or during the monsoon season is my favorite mm-hmm. um and uh music and um arts is arts and arts which includes visual arts and music and uh, any sort of performing arts temple arts ritual arts uh dance anything that come under arts mm-hmm. um kerala is rich with it and uh, and even if you don't practice it or don't learn it you you are still uh exposed to that sort of uh performing arts tradition in kerala in some way or the other mm-hmm. cinema is huge and when i say cinema th- this is not bollywood that i'm speaking about it's the malayalam language movies um so movies are a huge influence in for a lot of the malayalis um so and so which means that the film music is also a big um influence um so i would say kerala is is, uh, is this place where they nurture arts where they um use arts to convey their um life um and meaning uh and uh, and it's rich with it as well it's rich with performing arts tradition as well so yeah so that's where i belong and uh, malayalam literature is also amazing um we have some amazing uh, laureates that uh, that you can read um you do have english translations now but you can read they say malayalam is some, one of the toughest languages to learn i'm Ooh. not sure <laughs> but um uh, but um yeah so it, it, it's a beautiful language um and um yeah that, that's kerala for you yeah like there's so many beautiful um arts and history and like cultural aspects to it that you know I'm just stoked to hear from you um mm. and it's just um something that you know you just can't imagine until you're there yeah, mm. yeah I know and also I have to say because we've been um uh, we had a lot of uh, invaders we have had a uh, colonization so our traditions and cultural uh values have be have evolved uh, uh, through the ages uh, and influenced by these um uh, invading cultures as well we've had portuguese the dutch people the french people the um uh, uh the english um uh, uh, people who all kind of ruled us you know and then you have the uh, different um 
uh, princely hamlets. So, so there's there's a lot of influence, uh, the Arab influence because of the trade. Where I grew up, Calicut was a huge or the main um, uh, uh, port of trade. Like uh, so. Uh, even that, so Arab culture. So we've had a lot of influence of um, others who have come to colonize us or traded with us, Chinese influence also mm-hmm. in our food, in our culture, in our arts, in our architecture. So uh, when I say about Kela in and its identity, and its identity has been influenced by all this um, and has evolved through the ages to where we are now. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so many aspects to it. There's so many aspects to it as Mm. well. Um, I'm interested to hear about your migrant to New Zealand journey as well. Like, um, because you came here after getting married to your partner. Um, How was that like? I think um, 12 years ago, we'll go back (laughs) to the past for you to reflect on that. Um, It was a huge, huge journey. Uh, You know, you're leaving everything comfortable and uh, you're coming, uh, you're going to a new place. Uh, Excited for sure and excited to be with my husband for sure. And, you know, excited to see the place. You've heard of New Zealand only, um, you know, uh, in movies and things like that. Uh, I didn't know much about New Zealand as well. I knew about Auckland. I've not, never heard of Dunedin, but um, it's, it's uh, I've heard it's a beautiful place. So I was really excited in coming uh, to come here to start a new life, meet new people and things like that. Uh, Coming to and after I came to Dunedin, the first thing that hit me was the. I came in August, so it was like peak winter, you know. Yeah. Uh, the first thing that hit me was the uh, low temperatures. Um, uh, and then uh, being here, it was so calm. Uh, because back home, even though Calicut, um, where I'm from, or I've been in big cities, metropolitan cities like Bangalore and uh, Chennai and other places. Um, there's a lo- lot of there are a lot of people around us. There's a lot of noise. Um, there, there's so many things happening at the same time. So it's like um, for your senses, it's like you know it, it, there are so many things happening around you. So uh, you're used to that, and then you come here and it's absolutely calm and silent. Yeah. Um, and that was the first thing that struck me. You know, it was so silent, and at night. Um, and people who come from tropical places would uh, identify this. You know, the sound of the fan yeah. <laughs> going around. And so, we are so used to it. And you need that sound of that fan to go to sleep. Yeah. It's more like, it's like a white noise, you know, yeah. it's like white noise. And then you come here, there's no fan at all. And that initial few nights, I used to find it so hard to sleep. It's too quiet. It's too quiet. It's so <laughs> quiet. And I'm like, even if uh, if I make some noise, everyone is going to hear you know um it's so quiet uh and uh, and um that silence the first three months it was quite exciting to feel that it was a totally different experience um exploring places and everything but then homesickness comes in right and at that time um, we both of us uh, i we knew only Sadat's friends from the university who were here uh uh, so both of us knew just few people. Other than that, we didn't know anyone here. So um, trying to uh, make friends and things like that, it, it was not easy. But um, 
it was not too hard either uh, but it's a very different experience to do that um and uh, yeah and then from then on we fell in love with the place and dunedin um is so I, and one thing another thing that struck me was uh, dunedin is so far away from everything mm. we are this really tiny place far away at one end of the world um and which is cut off from a lot of things like cut off in the sense um people were not aware of a lot of things over here um uh, about other countries or other cultures or anything and people like me were very few here so mm-hmm. a, a lot of curiosity around uh, wh- who i am and where i am from and all that was there university is there for uh, that is for sure but you know how university is totally different to the uh, community residential community that you have your yeah. people who reside here who live here um are totally different uh, you know they you don't have it's quite too. separated mm. so so it, it was interesting it's been an interesting journey it it, it is lonely it can be it can uh, and you can get really homesick because you're surrounded by people all the time you're engaged all the time i had a job when i was back home uh i was really active in my dance career and everything so suddenly you come here after 3 months it's like now what <laughs> what do i do where 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 do i start you know how um, do you go back to being active again being active again how yeah. do you do all of that so yeah so that's been interesting yeah so let's actually talk about that so the the few months and maybe like a few years when you came here what were the steps you took to feel a sense of belonging or um any challenges you faced with you know the people surrounding you were there um times when you you know you did feel homesick but um how did you build yourself while you were here mm, so i i think um we kind of realized that we'll be here at least for the next few years and then i thought okay what do i do next you know what, what can i do and i had this idea of establishing myself as a performing artist because i've been doing it for so long maybe um, i'm and i wanted to do that also even after marriage right so i wanted to do that but i realized that not many people knew about it Uh, so uh, you know creating um awareness around my dance style and uh and people have been amazing around me um i used to just email the dance com- uh, people from the dance dance community here and they've been amazing and um i used to knock on doors uh Uh, of people i know who are part of the performing arts community and they've been amazing as well and they used to help me connect with the uh, other people and uh and also do these uh, dance workshops and things like that volunteer and do do all of that and be part of the dance projects or start with um, everyone knew bollywood dance yeah Everyone knew Bollywood dance at that time, and um, Bollywood dance was something I did for fun. I I never thought about teaching or anything, and then I started teaching Bollywood dance at Rasa School of Dance. I did some Bollywood performances with um with them as well. So I slowly started my journey uh with the Bollywood dance, and then and then and then slowly diverted into. I think that would have been late two thousand ten, early two thousand eleven. 
and then 2011 i did my first solo performance here for the french festival yeah. and um when i thought no one would turn up because it was pouring and you know indian classical dance who's going to come and watch me mm. sort of a thing That's a lot of people <laughs> not just me there were there were people who also said oh maybe you know i, I don't know if anyone will turn up but but the but danidan had been was amazing everyone a lot of people turned up we had to actually um send away a lot of people because wow. it was full house and we tried to fit in as many people as we could and we did the performance so i knew that people were curious i realized that people are curious to know what this is about and mm-hmm. so um and so i started that journey from then and then uh, some of the um uh, parents from the Indian community or the South Asian community wanted me to start dance classes and that's when I started dance classes at my um spare room at my apartment mm-hmm. in a sm- small way until I moved to a studio later mm-hmm. the same year yeah mm-hmm. that's beautiful right because you don't know um how much support you could get from a yeah. community that doesn't know so much about your culture exactly yeah. exactly and it's been amazing like you know to get all that support and uh Dunedin at that time was quite unaware of a lot of things that uh, about India or where I came from Kerala um anything so they just had a general idea mm. that you see in the media that's it um yeah. uh, some of that are very stereotyped yeah, not true <laughs> not yeah. true right so mm. um it it was interesting to break those stereotypes and come forward and do something and uh, i've had all the support that i could get from the performing arts community here yeah and you're going to perform at the the Eden Arts Festival very soon so yes. that's like oh such a big thing and um really excited to see you yeah yeah so i'm really excited and nervous as well about it um i did a work in progress for this um artet that i'm performing for Dunedin Arts Festival in 2019 yeah. um and um, and soon after we had a lockdown and everything was so i couldn't uh, work on it further and do more about it as well to develop that work even further i couldn't do it so uh, when the Dunedin Arts Festival opportunity came by I just grabbed it and I was like um maybe I I should start working um on this now mm-hmm. um uh, on uh, artete and um yeah so that's how I have uh, reworked on what I have done in 2019 and so it's slightly different in a lot of ways um uh, but the, the topic is the same it's gender violence mm. Mm. I really want us to talk about the story behind artete um so artete means to resist right mm-hmm. um Yeah, how did you form the story basically and the idea of Atete and how it relates to um gender violence? Yeah, so you know, we we see a lot of stories about gender violence around us. Um and uh, I at that at that time and uh, because of social media and everything that was one that was the only thing that we were reading about um uh, there were a lot of uh, women's rights protests that were happening all around the world and um that was the time that i was exploring i mean n- not just in 2019 so i've been exploring um, uh feminism uh, uh at that time is for years that i've been working on so i wanted to do so i've been uh, i wanted to do a piece uh about gender violence it is a broad topic it is a 
big topic um and i i was clueless about how to narrow it down to uh, what i want to do and and i also had to accept the fact that i cannot cover everything because gender violence can be in different shapes size form and there are so many different um factors and aspects to it um so i wanted to see what i can uh do exploring through my dance form because it's easy to um forget my dance form and just uh start on like a contemporary dance and contemporary movements and um use that format and say the story i think it is slightly easier to do that um but with the with my dance forms like mohiniattam and bharatanatyam which are uh, quite traditional and i've been performing only traditional pieces which is uh, in praise of a, a god or a goddess uh, you uh, transform to different characters in the story so you're narrating a story through these characters and mostly these are traditional stories their mythologies and all of that so i'm so used to doing that mm. so how do i get out of that comfort zone and do a choreographic piece uh on um gender violence or social justice and uh mohiniattam is a dance form that is done mostly by women uh at, at one point uh, it uh, it in like you know it was believed that it should be done only by women uh and, and because it is supposed to be really graceful and it's supposed to be soft and it's supposed to be very uh in malayalam you see adako modukum which means prim and proper uh, um in english and not literal translation somewhat similar mm-hmm. uh you you kind of follow that obedient kind of format so i found that um uh that gracefulness how a woman should be the femininity of mm-hmm. it you're exploring that part of it right so i thought um, why not use that same format to actually explore these uh, uh these um themes of gender violence and that's when uh, yeah it all started so i would say the research for this started years ago not 2019 it would have started maybe from uh, 2013 or 14 or something yeah. you know because well, even though it, the idea of feminism i w- i was not um like you know i was not into it because some feminism was a bad word yeah. feminism feminism is a, a you know is a word that is considered to be where all the women hate men <laughs> and you you grow up in that sort of uh, idea of what feminism is so feminism is supposed to be bad you're not supposed to be a feminist but it's only uh much later uh, until you mature you start reading um uh, your uh, literature you start uh, seeing people around you that's when you realize what feminism actually is what feminist theory is mm. and from then on i would say my journey started and exploring into all of that and how and i started questioning everything around me including my dance uh, practice so uh yeah that's how atite has come about so after mm. a lot of a lot of research a lot of reading a lot of uh, um uh in exploring 
through yeah. my dance form. Yeah. So firstly, I I really appreciate you opening up about that. Um, because especially coming from uh, Southeast Asia as well, um, I completely understand when you say feminism is like a bad thing there. Yeah. Um, especially with you know um so many gender stereotypes yes. and um how a woman how women should conform and mm. how men are like and you know those things um how do you think you are um exploring that and in terms of your culture as well how are you sitting with um the idea of feminism and also being south asian yeah um it starts from home it mm. has to start from home only then uh, it changes and now that i have a daughter mm. for me it's very very important that um she also knows her um rights and she also knows that she doesn't have to conform to anything and uh, she also um and because i have a daughter i'm also uh, exploring my own uh, you know patriarchal views mm-hmm. of it you know the, because it's only when you have a responsibility of bringing up your uh, a child that's when you um, re- you start unlearning a lot of things yeah. and learning new things because uh, because of the environment that we all grew up in in south asia um it is in uh, ingrained into us how, how, what we should be following how a woman should be and things like that i'm not free from it even now uh, i'm still learning i'm still uh, trying to come out of it uh, it, it is hard because <laughs> you've been taught, uh, uh, you've been brought up in a certain, a certain way um my parents have been absolutely amazing uh, but they are also under the patriarchal notions of the society, right? Yeah. So um, they have to follow no matter what um, and they don't question. So when I used to ask uh, qu- uh, ask questions to my mom, my mom used to say that's the way it is and that's yeah. how it should be. Even now when I ask her why, why should we do that and she still says... See, that's how it is when we and even if we start questioning, nothing is going to change. But Mm. if we can start the change now, then it can, uh, you know, even if it's years later, maybe I won't be alive to even see them. But but I can already see a lot of changes. So it, it, um, it, it makes a difference to another person's life. So uh, feminism and being part of the South Asian culture, um, it is a lot of, um, unlearning and learning new things and also you might not be the favorite as well when you do things like that Mm. Uh, because you're going away from the societal rules as well right so you might not be the their favorite at all Uh, but that's a small price that you have to pay I know it can be uh, emotionally and mentally challenging to do that it can be a lonely journey as well but um but it is still it is still really important and you know uh, to say what you have to say to be open and honest about it and, and i think that makes a lot of difference and when you see a person one person among you do that i'm pretty sure the others will also start doing that and unless you start this from home especially in uh, south asian homes or um, uh, you don't you don't get to see the change later mm, mm. that is so true yeah um what do you hope your viewers who come to the performance um, this weekend feel or understand from seeing your dance? 
I want them to, I want them to um, think. I want them to think from different viewpoints, not just the viewpoint of like, you know, I'm here, I'm fine, I'm privileged, this is not going to happen to me. Um, I want to want them to uh, come out of that zone and think about the people around them, the women around them, and how can be, how can they be more um, empathy that they can feel towards the other uh, women around them, or any any um, uh, gender, I would say, not just women, any gender. Uh, when I talk about gender violence, uh, yes, I'm concentrating a lot on the uh, women uh, gender violence because the statistics are so high. I know there are other uh, genders as well who go through a lot um, and who face a lot of um, uh, difficulties. But uh, because Atete, I'm concentrating, like I said previously, gender violence is a broad topic. So because Atete is uh, concentrating on the uh, gender violence aspect uh, uh, for women, um, I want my audience to come think, come watch, come and see the different aspects, the different viewpoints of uh, gender violence. I want them to have more empathy. I don't. Uh, I want them to uh, come there and you know actually um, um, think about their own life as well. Mm-hmm. Are they? Are they? Uh, um, are they? Um, on the right path or not or um, is there any way that they can change something for themselves or their friends or their family or for their children Uh, how can uh, they bring in awareness about it uh, within the men um, of the family or other genders uh, that they are surrounded with not just family, uh, friends and others as well but I want them to think about the different different uh, aspects of it different factors of it, different viewpoints of that, of uh, what gender violence is, and when I say violence, it's just not physical. Yeah. Violence can be physical, emotional, uh, financial. Um, uh, it can also be uh, violence against older people. You know, uh, it can be violence against, um, and um, it can also be mental. So it can it can be anything. It can mm. be mental health. It can be and violence. Can be anything. It's basically it's controlling. So uh, if you can uh, look around for all of those factors, learn and see those different viewpoints, that would be amazing. Yeah, because you just don't know who in our neighborhood or who in our families are experiencing this and not letting us know, not telling anyone. Exactly. And also within the South Asian uh, communities uh, or different ethnic communities, we have this idea of keeping everything within the family, yeah. keeping it private, keeping it intact, and uh, just go along with it because you're married or because you have the children in the picture or because um, they are so emotionally uh, unavailable uh, 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 of, because they are of how they have been treated. So it can be. Uh, parents doing it to their children or children doing it to their parents. So, so it can be there's different familial dynamics. And mm. we South Asians are so good at hiding it. Yeah. Yeah. So I want them to have more awareness and look for signs. Um, mm. And and there there is help here. Um, and there are uh, different avenues that they can approach and uh, get help from. Mm. 
mm. um, and uh, start, start a new life, maybe. Mm. I like this conversation because, you know, as a migrant as well, I think there are many things that I realize um, could be a danger for um, other migrants. For example, with our migrant system being like having visas you know yes. sometimes the visas are connected to the husbands mm. and uh, no. yeah there's so many things that could um, make um, you know other people's lives so much harder to Hard. be in New Zealand yeah and that is one of the major factors in domestic violence in partner violence uh, family violence because when we come here on a dependent visa or sometimes the partner comes here on a visiting visa and then move on to a dependent visa. So you are here in this country because of your partner. Uh, and that is absolute control for the partner yeah. in that way because they can control uh, your passport, your documents, your visa. And it all depends on him or him. Uh, like you know, extending the visa or getting the right visa to be um, and, and financially also because they need to find a job and they, if they don't have the right visa they don't have a job mm. so they're not financially independent as well so which means in um, in a lot of ways emotionally financially everything um, they are tied down yeah. but New Zealand ha is introducing a new immigrant visa for family violence so these are things a lot of um it is still um uh, uh, you know uh, it is coming but it is it, it just started i think this year or last year i think this visa but uh, there is so uh, but there is help regarding all of that there is help um that these women can get mm -hmm. um and uh, to get out of that troubled relationship but it's it's that you know either languages uh, communication is really hard or they don't know where to go for help shame stigma mm. and all of that mm. so yeah so there are different aspects to it and, uh, and not just the mig and when i say migrant community they, it also includes uh, refugees as well right mm. and that's um uh, that is also a very hard situation um i know a lot of people have different viewpoints about having refugees in the country uh but they are all displaced people and they have to leave everything and come here to a different country and try try to build a new life and when they are facing violence here it's very hard for them to mm. get out of their troubled relationship the culture uh, like like i said the cultural upbringing of like you know uh, being married is uh, pure and traditional and all of that I, um, all that um uh, really affects um uh, them living in a new country and they can feel really lonely so uh, there are, there is help um mm. it is okay to ask for help and there's no need for shame mm. uh, and that uh, that family honor and things like that we, we i think we have to be sometimes selfish in that way Mm -hmm. to look after yourselves and if you have children to look, look after the children as well imagine what the children are seeing and growing up with it it is it is very troubling for them as well mm. so this is just one aspect of gender violence right yeah. so that, that itself is a huge aspect <laughs> that itself is a huge topic i would say mm. so there are different aspects to it mm. like really look forward to see the dance and how it comes out um in an article um on the star I read, um, you mentioned about climate change and mm -hmm. how that affects um, gender violence and domestic violence as well. Can you share a bit about that? Yeah. Um, so in climate change also, there are different um, 
uh, instances or different uh, variation uh, what do you say factors um i i can give you a couple of examples like you know in um uh it is very common for women of the family to to go get water um from outside the house and you can see that in africa you can see that in india i'm not sure how malaysia is but um to get uh, access to water in remote places they have to go outside to the river to go get out of the house go to the river and do it as the water keeps receding and as the water reduces the water body reduces the rivers are going dry because there is not enough rains or the trees are cut um uh, so there's no water retention in the soil they have to go further and further trying to find a water body and that makes them more vulnerable to attacks from strangers right so they go further and further away from their uh, usual route to try and find somewhere that they can get water from um uh, so uh, there is this one example uh, they can get attacked by uh, strangers um uh, these uh, families who are displaced because of climate change now for example sea water rises um it's eating most of the land uh i mean reclaiming the land um so which means they have to go into go to another place like tents and things like that with like a proper refugee settlement mm. they are displaced just uh, imagine it's south dunedin when that flood came in uh a lot of people uh, had to move out of the evacuate and move out and imagine these people uh from south asia or, or other islands um like papua new guinea and all of them imagine them being this, uh, their homes have gone and it, and it is in the sea now so they have to move out of their houses mm-hmm. and they are in the these uh, refugee settlements and when they uh, when the women or the children girls kids they go out for um, they are they, they want to wash their clothes or they go out for a bath there is no proper uh places that they can go to yeah. right it's not safe they uh, they can get, uh, they are vulnerable in that situation and they can get attacked and also trafficking because there's of poverty because they are displaced and they don't have the money to survive trafficking of girls is on the high in such situations um that's another example i could say um imagine a farmer lost all the crops there's no yield from the co- crops because of the drought uh, there's no uh, uh, water there's no rain uh which means he loses job um because his farm uh, is not there anymore um he get, uh, goes into alcoholism mm. he might just move, uh, he he starts his frustration on on um, on women in the house you know and uh, and they are, they bear the brunt of uh, the violence that these men uh, um, do so mm. that's another example so these are these are things that um, we in dunedin are not aware of mm. or in new zealand are not aware of because we are lucky to be where we are but it's not the same for the others um especially the developing countries which means if the climate change it has to start from those countries that are developed who have the resources and who can make the change and 
which will have that ripple effect for at least the next generation. Mm. Mm. Like I really appreciate you pointing that out because I have never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Um like for me those two are separate things but now when you mentioned that like yeah that it makes sense you know that thing would affect the other and you don't really hear how climate change affects like people yeah family relationships you know yeah and also a lot of people don't agree to uh how climate change affects women the most yeah um a lot of people don't think there is a gender aspect to it um uh, uh there are different instances um where um the men are also challenged as well um the when they face the climate change situation but uh, and statistically women uh are the ones who are the one most vulnerable in those situation. Mm. Um yeah, just really happy that you pointed that out and um yeah, I really look forward to uh, to seeing the performance because I think that will open so many minds yeah. um to the possibilities of like how to think yeah to think huh. to create awareness to talk about it mm. um it, only when the conversation happens we are, uh, like it's more visible yeah. around us yeah mm. Mm. um so one thing i do want for us to talk about is how do you take care of your mental health and well-being because <laughs> i know that you know you do all these research they must bring a lot of negative energy to yourself yes it yeah. is it's very hard <laughs> it's very hard yeah so how do you you know it's just like even small things you do to calm yourself if things get too hard i listen to podcasts i listen to music my daughter is there who keeps me busy yeah. um and uh, she's a real bundle of joy so um that calms me and also sometimes like you know oh please leave me alone i just want to sit yeah. <laughs> quietly for some time um as of now it's like you know because i am doing a whole lot of things a lot of things on my plate um i don't have the time to think um but to calm myself i think listening to music and podcasts and going for work which is cut off from everything all that helps talking to my husband helps and, and thinking about all that because he is also very Uh, who believe uh, he is someone who believes in feminism so that also helps when you know you bounce off ideas and conversations and your frustrations and things like that that helps a lot um i used to read a lot now i don't have the time but yeah uh, sometimes uh, there are certain stories and things like that you just Uh, or stories or you know different things that you read about gender violence through this research you uh, where i've just kept my kept it aside and just you mm. know just breathe and think oh, i'm lucky and uh, and the these horrible things that happen around us a lot of us are unaware about it um and um for me i think it gives uh it uh, drives me more to uh start conversations about it and to start exploring these concepts through dance and that's the best medium i know to do that so mm. it, it it actually drives me more to mm. do it especially because it's something you're so good at you know mm-hmm. like how you express your art yeah. um and Yeah, it's just so beautiful how you know you're passionate about feminism. Um but you do that through something you are very good at, you and something you really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um and that's gonna make people uh 
look at you and um, understand the story that you're trying to show. Mm. You know? Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so why don't you share to the listeners um, any, uh, like, just promote the event that's coming up um, and where they can find any tickets or anything? Yeah, so my uh, uh, show, um, Aditi Tourist, is on the 15th of October at Te Fario Rukdia. And that is the old community gallery at the Octagon, if anyone doesn't know. So it's at the Rukdia um, at 7 p.m. And it's about one hour, just about one hour of show. Uh, and um, the tickets are available online and it'll uh, there'll be door sales as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a small venue. Uh, so I would love for everyone to come and watch and and it's for everyone to watch like you know it's not just because I'm talking about women and violence and things and it's for everyone about the age of 16 men women uh, all all LGBTQIA everyone should come and watch it so there is more awareness around it mm. Um yeah, so just come for the show and it's part of the Dunedin Arts Festival. Mm, thank you so much. Thank Sarupa. you, Irina. Thank you. Um, one last thing. You brought some songs for us today. Could you say, share one of the songs um, that we'll play before the end of the show? Uh, so uh, I think I did three songs, right? Um, probably one song that I can do is um, the latest one that I listened to. Um, it's called Parimida Neram in um, Malayalam. It's from the movie Maduram. It's something that I've been listening to recently um, on the loop. Um, mm. and one way to calm me down, yeah. calm my thoughts, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's play that song. Mm, thank you so much. Thank and you. We'll talk again next time. Talk to you later. Hi, Irina. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.